The ACC Basketball Degenerates are back. I hope the audience is still there. If you listen to our announcement, you know we got snowed in or snowed out. Either way, last weekend and couldn't make it to the studio. Two of us made it here today, so we're shorthanded, and that's going to be the title of this podcast. Taylor and his wife are currently in the delivery room, so good luck to them currently and over the next couple days and weeks. Since Mike and Taylor are brothers-in-law, I don't know if you knew that, folks. Mike's wife is with her sister, a.k.a. Taylor's wife, coming off the bench in the delivery room for support. So you're stuck with Guthrie, Alexander, and myself, Luke Near, to start off the pod. Then we'll call Vegas Mike in about 10 minutes to get some of his perspective. The themes for today's podcast. The standings are starting to look a little bit recognizable. We'll certainly talk about Duke's issues. Because when you have the opportunity to do so, you need to take advantage of it. We'll ask who the friskiest non-tournament team is in the conference. We'll talk a little bit about the Syracuse resurgence or resilience. And finally, we're taping this on a Sunday. Thus, we'll certainly preview the biggest Monday so far in the season, which comes tomorrow, North Carolina at Louisville, a team who... Needs to rally after a beatdown yesterday at home. Worst loss at the Yum Center ever, and it should have been worse. So uh, that's where we're going to start. Guthrie, good to see you. Glad to be here, A little man. bit lonely in here. Yeah. Just a little bit, but... I, um, uh, I took Taylor's seat over here. It's a different perspective on things. Once we get that red light um, for Mike in, uh, I'm sure it's going to be a good time. But let's begin with Virginia and Louisville. Uh, the number 11 and number 16 teams collided yesterday at the Yum Center, and from start to finish... You know, I worried that Virginia was going to be in a little bit of trouble this game because of how they played against Wake Forest. This is the worst outing they had this year, despite the fact that they came back for the win. Yeah. Um, but they laid the smackdown. Yeah, it was a, it was an incredible game. The first half was maybe the best defensive performance in terms of a half for UVA basketball for the season. Uh, I don't know if that's a stretch to say that. we. I mean, UVA basketball held... Louisville to 14 points, and this is not a terrible team. Like Louisville is a very competitive team. We've we talked about how Louisville is offensively last last week. I don't know. Eventually, we might play a clip if, if we want to, but we certainly will. <laughs> but um, what stood out to me that game was how reliant Louisville can be at times from causing some chaos, getting up and down the floor and transition. And when that doesn't happen and they're stalled in the half court, that's a problem. They're from, 4 of 11 from three. They shot 32% from the field. And this was a game where Virginia put in the walk-ons, a.k.a. the green team, mm. for about two minutes, which skewed the, uh, the final score a little bit. And also, in a game like this, in college basketball, NBA, you, you name the basketball game. If the home team who was favored, Louisville was what, six point favorites? Yeah, yeah, something like is that. Is getting drubbed in the second half. They're down by twenty plus. Anything they get at if they go to the rim, they're gonna get a call almost. And that's what we saw. So it could have been much worse. I that was my sense. What do you think? Yeah, well I mean it was it was twenty or more um going down the stretch. And then and then UVA put in the walk ons and Reuter, Jack Reuter. Uh, Jared Reuter. Jared, excuse me, Jared Reuter. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, did you it, see it Trey Lewis on the floor? Was he there? Did he show up yesterday? He was uh, pretty absent. I think 
he, both he and Lee didn't score for like a majority of the game. Lee Tra- didn't Lee didn't score till like the very end. He did get into foul trouble. I'll give him that. Yeah. Trey Lewis had zero fouls, and he was one of six. He scored four total points. If mm. that happens, they're not going to win. Not going to win games. Yeah, it puts a lot of pressure on the, uh, the rest of their team. Anuaku, who was apparently nauseous or sick, didn't you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a stomach virus. Completely ineffective. Like One point, nineteen yeah. minutes, and uh, most importantly, zero rebounds. <laughs> zero wow. rebounds from Anuaku. Virginia, on the other hand, was just firing on all cylinders. It was kind of a vintage Virginia performance from, say, last year or the year before. Gill was active in there. Brogdon was playing well. They didn't score a ton because nobody scores a lot on Louisville. They play good defense, but mm-hmm. that that game never felt like it was in doubt. That that's how I'd put it at least. And from what Virginia was doing, I felt like they were they were mixing it up a little bit, not doing their typical side motion. I, I didn't see. I don't think I saw a flare during the game from Virginia, but during the end, it was it was London Parentis just orchestrating and he and Mike Toby had a nice little thing going on at the end of the game I thought both those guys scored nine Parentes finishes with five assists and um, turnovers were frequent from both teams when I mm-hmm. mentioned that it was a fairly ugly game for the most part but at the same time the issue wasn't in doubt yeah and going back to the turnovers a lot of the turnovers for UVA were not as a result of the pressure necessarily from Louisville I think the guards from UVA handled the pressure Coming up the court, uh, that wasn't really a concern, I feel like, to most UVA fans, and it turned out to not be really a concern. It was more that uh, just, you know, basic mistakes, like there were a couple balls that were just like thrown out of bounds by some of the guards and some errant passing, but that stuff happens. The benches played to a draw for the most part, but the starters just heavily weighted in Virginia's favor. Let's see how many points Louisville starters scored, if I can count it up. 20 points. Yeah. yeah that's 20 right. total points from your starting five. Yeah. That's well, terrible. Yeah. And well, I don't care if my mood's in there, you boy, but yeah, still. <laughs> well, so one thing that we should definitely mention is the bigs of Louisville got in foul trouble. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that they had difficulty guarding Anthony Gill inside. And they had difficulty guarding Mike Toby when he would like either screen pick and pop or he would just be open due to like spacing um, from dribble penetration from London or Malcolm or whatever. And he would get open looks and Mahmoud or usually Mahmoud was on Anthony Gill, which was a total mismatch. But if it was Spalding or Adele on Toby, they just like never closed out. This was also the first time Virginia really jumped on a team on the road in ACC play. First time. Yeah. The crowd never got back into it. They were never in it. I, I can't remember one time where Louisville was starting to make something happen and you know, Tony Bennett's maybe calling timeout. Maybe maybe once in the first half. But I, I felt like that crowd just didn't have a chance to cheer. Yeah, the whiteout didn't really, uh, wasn't really the traditional Patino took off his like. tie. I mean, it was, yeah. He should have he changed at halftime. He's done that before, and it's worked, but he didn't. He just took off the tie. It wasn't enough. Yeah. Okay. On that note, I think we should call Vegas Mike because it's about that time. Sounds and, good um, to me. You know we love to eat crow around here, and uh, it's Mike's turn. So here we go. <laughs> Let's give him a dial. Hello? Michael. 
Hey, what's up, man? It's Luke, and it's Guthrie, too. Yeah. What's We're up, both Mike? Here. Yeah. We're both here for you. Oh, okay, good, good, good. I was, I was hoping that you guys could uh, get me through the birthing process uh, just over the phone. I could hear the energy coming through the phone, and, and we need it right now. <laughs> Loud and clear. So, real quick, Louisville, Virginia, I hate to do this to you, but um, it's time, folks, for our Eating Crow segment on the ACC Basketball Degenerates. Last episode in episode 10, Mike and I got into a little bit of a discussion. Well, we'll just play the tape, all right? <laughs> Who is yeah. Virginia the nightmare matchup for? I have an answer. This is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. <laughs> You've asked a question you have an answer to. I want to hear your answer, and then I want to tell you why it's wrong. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. You know what? I'm, I'm, and I'm not going to pick like NC State or Boston College or some terrible team. I'm going to say Louisville. Oh, okay. All right. Tell I me knew why. You were say that, yeah. Tell me why. All right, Mike. And then it gets worse. All right. Um, just stand by. Damian <laughs> Lee, you're going against Malcolm Brogdon tonight. Go ahead. See if you can get 15 points. Come, oh, oh, Come on, Mike. You said you'd refute this argument. I, I want to say that Davian Lee is a terrible matchup for Malcolm Brogdon. I think that uh, Brogdon's going to get eaten up a little bit. I think that. All right, Lee- enough of the tape. I, I, I want to spare you the rest. Um, <laughs> Damian Lee, let's see. Let's see a stat line from yesterday. Six oh, six points. Oh, this is so bad. Four of which came in garbage time, potentially against walk-ons. I can't remember. He had four personal fouls. He had four turnovers, and he had, let's see. Three rebounds. So good on yeah. the rebounding side. Yeah, yeah, that was. That what was happened, Mike? What happened? I mean, you know, I think it just reinforces where Damian Lee goes. So does Louisville. I mean, that uh, that offense is just so dependent on him and his three point shooting. When he when he misses two wide open threes, you know, in the first five minutes of the game, uh, one from the corner and one from the top of the key, and then I think the announcer immediately said like. Oh well, you know what? Damian Lee was shooting like terribly in practice yesterday. Like I needed a three, like all day in practice. As soon as I heard that, I was wow, like, oh, no. I, I missed. I so missed bad. that. <laughs> I missed that one <laughs> on the broadcast. Did that come from Rafferty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I, I liked that. He, I didn't say onions once practice. in practice yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no onions for yeah, Damian yeah. yesterday. Ah. <laughs> um, Ah, Last question, because so we already talked about this game a little bit, and this is for both of you. Who is Dang Adele? Oh, the guy, Dang Adele. Who was that guy? Came out yeah, of nowhere. He, was, he he hit two threes. He had his twelve first threes, points. His first threes of the year. He had he was twelve and five. He was the best player on Louisville. Yes, he was. I didn't even know who he was. Yeah, he was making a case for uh, to be part of the old uh, Patino ten man rotation. He was like, "Look, open it up for me." <laughs> you know, the, the worst part was that Rick put on his all white suit. You know, he didn't put that on if he expects to lose by twenty. You know, so yeah, I guess they got dang in there just so that uh, it could be less than twenty. What was the final score there? Even was it like twenty two? Was that the was that the final? Uh, Final balance. No, I mean they they pulled it back a little bit. It was sixty three forty seven. Yeah, uh, the walk ons mm. got in for Virginia though, so yeah. that kind of skews results. Also, right. uh, Dangadel, I'm looking this up, is a South Sudanese Australian college basketball player. So what happens, wow. you know, if you've got three white guys, an Egyptian, and a South Sudanese <laughs> Australian on the floor? What, what do we think about that combo? I mean, it's a new soundbite for sure. I like it. All right, enough of that. <laughs> enough on that game. We put it to bed. Virginia looked like uh, vintage Virginia for the first yeah, time did. all year, and uh, mm-hmm. that's a good sign. Moving forward, Louisville. On the other hand, uh, next up they have North Carolina. We'll get that, to that later. But um, since we missed last week, 
Duke, it's time to go there. We have yeah. not talked about the turmoil in Durham. We have not talked about it one bit. Mike, let me ask you something. Did you watch Duke Miami and Coral Gables? Oh, I did. I did. You know, that was a, that was a lively game. You know, that, that opened up the week last week, too, so it got a lot of primetime exposure. It was good to see uh, the Coral Gables fans finally getting uh, the recognition they deserved uh, mm-hmm. for Sheldon on a Monday night. Was um, yeah, they blew them out. They won by 11 there. Sheldon McCollum looked uh, pretty pretty great, as usual, so did uh, Angel Rodriguez. But mostly, I guess what everyone else had been focused on was the fact that Emil Jefferson is going to win ACC Player of the Year without having to play a single game for the rest of the year. <laughs> well, that's I mean, not, <laughs> no, that's not true, because Tony Roma didn't win the NFL MVP. So, um, ah, right. <laughs> uh, was that the easiest money we've been offered all year in ACC play. Yes, yes it was. And I like, had a wager on the game. Guthrie had a wager on the game. Definitely. What was the spread in that? It was like three. Four. Was it was three? It, um, yeah, I think it was a three-point yeah. spread. Man. That sounds right to me. Three, and, three and a half, something like that. Um, yeah, it, you know, just Duke in general is just such a such a good team to bet against uh, when they're on the road this year. Um, you know, Krzyzewski has kind of gone on at length about um, what they're not. Yeah. So far this year, and it really showed in the in the Miami game. I mean, Miami just beat them up inside. Uh, it was it got to be embarrassing at one point. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a, so Miami arriving as a as a basketball program is what it felt like, and they were just doing it all over Duke's face. Prior to Miami, though, you had the Notre Dame loss. Didn't look great at NC State. Didn't look great right. there. No, no, definitely not. Um, yeah. I'm worried about this team. I mean, even if Emil Jefferson comes back, this team has flaws. Like, this team has problems. Mm -hmm. Chase Jeter, like, you can't play him five minutes. I mean, they had to try, but... And then you got the Syracuse loss also. We didn't even touch on that. Right. And I think we can hit on that later as they... More of the resurgence of Syracuse. Um, I, I thought that they played a great game there against uh, against Duke in the game that Duke really needed to win. You know is that uh, you know you never want to lose three games in a row. Game for Duke. U- UVA was able to not have it happen to them, but uh, Syracuse kind of stuck it to Duke there. But back to back home games. We're going at, back at the, Cameron. We're going back to in the annex to this one, but. The ending of the Duke-Syracuse game was maybe one of my favorite endings ever to a basketball game. There's so much going on. We had the amazing quotation marks post-game. You had four Duke student trainers running across the court. Let's go back to that post-game before you you go on. Did you, with your uh, journalistic insight, uh, were were you able to find out exactly what the explanation was? For for has kind of walked off. Was it that was it true that he was actually confronting a Syracuse fan? He wasn't confronting or a fan. Or a Duke fan. I'm sorry. No, he was Shashevsky. Yeah. Well, he was confronting um the ACC representative, whatever. His, I don't know his name. At the scores table. Oh. Remember that? That's what happened. Oh. Complain oh, a little see, bit. I didn't know that. There's I, some the, gifs the out there online for heard. you. Yeah. The story I had heard was that he was he was calling out a Duke fan for you know um, you know talking down to some Syracuse players or something. Well, like I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know oh. about that, Mike. Um, great post game, classic courage, all with the K. And he wasn't talking about the last play of the game. I want to remind everybody about that. He was talking about the loose ball where it was 
Who was going for that loose ball? Was it Roberson it was, and, um, and Matt Jones? And Matt Jones, right? I don't know who the Syracuse. Yeah, player it was Jones. Yeah, yeah. That was the one he uh, he had a gripe for, but I don't really see his point. It's a loose ball. <laughs> yeah, it's a fifty-fifty ball. Yeah, it, and Roberson or who, Syracuse player, I can't remember. It's so long ago. Just grabbed it. Anyway, yeah, another, I, feel, I feel like if Jones didn't kind of overreact, you know, it kind of did that thing where he just throws both hands up yeah, in the, the Paul air. Pierce. And kind of overacted. I think if he would have just kind of fallen down, I think he would have actually gotten the call. Um, but he kind of overacted a little bit on that. I thought. Yeah. Next up for Duke is at Georgia Tech, nine o'clock Tuesday, and then home for NC State, which should be a win. Then they're Louisville, mm-hmm. Virginia at home at UNC, which will be a stretch. They'll have Jefferson back, but I I still don't buy that Jefferson's going to right the ship and they're going to be Duke again. I just don't buy it. Georgia Tech. Um, we could touch on them a little bit, and. Here's where I want to go next, Mike, and I mentioned this to Guthrie in the open. Who is the friskiest non-tournament ACC team? I think Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech are certainly right up there in the conversation, but uh, what are your thoughts, guys? Yeah, well, you know, I still don't think Notre Dame's going to make the tournament, so <laughs> even though they're 25th in the country now. Um, so I might say them, but um, yeah, I would say, I, I guess we're assuming now that Clemson is probably going to get in or maybe has a good chance of getting in. Wow, um, so you think Clemson, if, if it, you think, sorry, just to reiterate, uh, you think Clemson's going to get in over Notre Dame right now? I do, I do. I think that Notre Dame is about to tank. I think they're about to go 0-4 in the ACC. I mean, currently they're 6-3 and in the ACC. They've been playing really well, I think, for 25th in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I'm trying to stand by my initial comment that Notre Dame would not get in the tournament. So I'm, maybe it's just wishful thinking at this point. Well, they do have – so the next four games are a, an extremely rough stretch for Notre yes. Dame. Miami away, North Carolina home, Clemson away, which turns out is the place you go to die if you're an ACC school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, no, has anyone – I don't think anyone's won there. Yeah. And then, yeah, then they play Louisville at home. Yeah, so. they have the two big ones at home for Notre Dame. So, you know, they're playing UNC and Louisville both at home. They could beat Miami. Um, but, they can they can win yeah. in Miami. They could. They could. Uh, but I, I don't think they will. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think it's a, a tough stretch of coming here for Notre Dame. I think if Notre Dame is 6-7 and seven in ACC play, if they lose all four of those games, they're 6-7 and seven in ACC play, you know, they're, they're not looking so good for the tournament. At least, you know, that's my wishful thinking. But going back to your initial question, um, I'd say Virginia Tech, to me, has really showed up um, recently. I think they've played everyone close. You know, they're they're currently, I think, um, you know, this outside of the Duke game, where I think they lost by 16 or 17, every other game that they've played in ACC play has been decided by three and a half points on average. And, and that's and that's a tough stretch there. they they played some really mm-hmm. tough teams. Um, so they, I really like Virginia Tech. Um, they're getting drubbed right now at Pitt. Just want to remind you of that. <laughs> yeah, I was actually I was actually watching that on my phone right and before you called that, me. <laughs> that's going to be <laughs> four, that's fine because it's, it's going to be four straight losses. <laughs> just want to remind everybody that for, it'll be four straight. Yeah. We don't have any Virginia Tech people listening to this podcast, Mike. Don't worry about it. Just uh, you know, say what's on your mind. Go no, through there, you there's too. One guy. There's one guy somewhere. I mean, he's pretty upset. <laughs> yeah, there's a Homer on this podcast. Apparently, he wrote a review about it. <laughs> yeah, the guy who got upset. Like, he's probably the one who like stands up and cheers his lungs out when he sees like a big pick play and somebody get wiped out on the other team. That's oh. yeah, that's the fan who it is. Yeah, that'll be four in a row, assuming Pitt doesn't have a meltdown. Pitt guys, what a strange team. Guthrie, you want to lead us here a little bit? So uh, honestly. Uh, I have I have not watched a lot of Pitt this year. I watched I watched part of the first half 
um, before heading over here of Pitt hosting Virginia Tech. Um, they, they, they've got some shooters, man. They've got some shooters. They were hitting some pretty tough shots in the first half of that game. But they've, they've had like an interesting little stretch recently where it was like, it was looking like they might be the real deal. They might finish like top six, top eight for and, sure. Until, the they, until you get blown out by NC State on your home yeah, court. The, at the that, time, winless AC, that, and NC State. That shouldn't happen like ever. Yeah. Should never right. happen. That was that was quite surprising. Mike, feel free to jump in. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, ever since that Louisville game where they only scored forty one, they kinda they had a crisis of confidence, I think. You know, they um their their offense had carried them throughout the year and mm-hmm. you know, just come off a great win at Notre Dame. Um to come to go on the road to Louisville and put up forty one and to struggle to get to forty one. I think uh, it kind of sets the tone for where they are now. But they have a huge stretch coming up where I think that they can they can right the ship a little bit. Uh, they'll be playing Virginia Tech, which is a perfect team, you know, for them to play to get their offense right. I, I don't know if there's a worse defense in the ACC than Virginia Tech, and they just they gave up 91 to Louisville, I think, like a week and a half ago. Mm. Um, well, just a snapshot: they're up 18 with nine to play. So I'm going to assume yeah, that's a W, but. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then uh, anyways, yeah, I think the Louisville game really set them back uh, confidence-wise. And, and, you know, they were three-point reliant throughout the year anyways. Uh, but, but anyways, I, I think s- they're going to they're uh, gonna rally. Hold up. I, 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 I got I to disagree. I'm looking at the schedule. They get Virginia next, then they're at Miami, then at North Carolina. How are they going to rally yeah. in those three games? Yeah. Yeah, huh? I think they win two out of three. Really? Wow. <laughs> Guthrie, what do you think about that? So at North Carolina, um Loss. at this at this point, I I can't see that going going well for Pitt. Uh Miami at home has proved to be another one of those ACC teams that plays like a different animal at home compared to on the road. So that's gonna be extremely tough. I think I mean, from what I've seen of Pitt, they're really reliant on dribble penetration and their guards playing well and hitting shots and Miami's defense is extremely aggressive and they like to press out into the faces of the guards. So I think that's going to be tough. If they lose all three, do we start to get worried about their chances for the tournament? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, so they played a joke of a non-conference. Yeah. I mean, their best win is their away Notre Dame win. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which is which is a good win, yeah, but yeah, that's it. Well, at least they're playing um, well tonight. Getting them yeah. back on track. Yeah, they're playing well tonight. So even though we're not mm-hmm. watching, but you can tell. Yeah. All right, Syracuse. We have to talk about this team because ever since Jim Beheim's return to the bench, that's been a real thing. That that shows you how important coaching is. They hung with North Carolina to the final seven minutes, had a lead for most of that game. Yeah, and then they got the, the win at Duke. Lost to Virginia, but played tight at Virginia. Just beat Georgia Tech, who's frisky. I think one of the frisky teams out there. And then yeah. they um, just went to Wake Forest and decided to. Uh, I don't even know if I have an analogy for what happened at Wake Forest, <laughs> but it was it was a bloodbath for the Demon Deacons. Yeah, so I like where this team is trending. Guthrie. Yeah, it's it's quite amazing, honestly. Uh, they play six six players, and they are finding ways to 
I mean, I guess the, I feel like this is the way it is for Syracuse every year. They are like somehow always limited in the number of bodies that they have. But I guess that's, you know, the beauty of the zone defense. You don't really need and eight people. Offensively, but, if you watched some of yesterday's game, they're starting to do more stuff. It's not just, hey, Benajay or Cooney, you know, jack up a three. You know, Leiden's picking and popping. Mm-hmm. They're getting paint touches. Roberson's in there. Uh, I mean, they're getting some layups at the rim. Uh, good things are happening for this team offensively. I, I'm not sold on their defense because I think Zone is still susceptible. But, Mike, uh, what are you seeing from this team offensively? Because I, I like it. I think it's some pretty basketball. Yeah, I, I think it's been great. Um, I, it seems like Bayheim's return to the bench has made everyone a little bit more accountable offensively. I think you've seen uh, the volume of shots that Cooney and Benajay take drop slightly. I think the best example I can think of is Malachi Richardson, right? So you have a freshman. I would think that he is the most easily influenced by, you know, the Hall of Fame coach coming back. Immediately, I I presume, feels a little bit more accountable. I was just kind of going through some of the numbers. In the seven games since Bayheim's been back, Malachi has shot over 50% from the field three times. He's been great. The previous 16 games, he had only shot over 50% twice, you know, so you're just kind of jacking it, uh, yeah. you know, in a, in a basketball sense, you know, just throwing it up there uh, for the for the first 16 games. And then, you know, since Bayhan's been back, you know, much more uh, shot conscious. And he's also now shooting 44% from three since he's been back, where on the season he's only shooting 35% total. So, you know, I think, I think that influence offensively of being conscious of taking the right shots um, is definitely – to me, you know, been been the main driving factor for where you see Syracuse going right now. The only thing I'm still worried about is Cooney just going rogue. Because I think <laughs> that could derail some good basketball that we're watching right now. And yeah, I yeah. see that happening in games in the future still. Even when you got Benajay playing at a high level, I mean, he's the best player on the team. Malachi Richardson, who you just touched on, don't need to add anything about that. Leiden's um, emergence as that sixth guy... Yeah, yeah, um, and then Dewan Coleman is he, he, good defensively. He'll get some rebounds. He'll get some putbacks. Yeah, Roberson's yeah. athletic. I like this team, except for that yeah. one fact. Yeah, they look good. And if you look at their schedule, they have talent. I mean, they they beat UConn, they beat Texas A and M, and the I mean, Notre Dame game. We didn't even talk about them uh, taking it to Notre Dame. Right, right. Yeah. Beat them by fifteen at home. Yeah, in the business. But Notre Dame isn't any good, so, you know, there's it's tough about that. <laughs> right, going back to that narrative. <laughs> I'm still, hey, Mike, I'm still with you on this this corner, this island, um, of them not being very good. I'm still with you on this one. Okay, I appreciate that. I, I, you I and think, I are joined on the anti-Notre Dame. I don't know. I think they're pretty, like, unless they have a pretty monumental collapse, I think they are not solidly in the tournament, but they should make the tournament come mid-March. Yeah, they should. They should. You're right. You're right. They should. I, I'm just going out on a limb. So yeah, yeah. They won't, but um, you're right. They absolutely should. And Demetrius Jackson came back, uh, I think it was tonight, actually, and played. I think he played 36 minutes against Wake Forest. Um, so that's a good time for them going forward. I think the main reason that they lost maybe to Syracuse is when they have that, that, that story uh, uh, running the point. <laughs> it's just a little awkward. Um, just not nearly the level of uh, you know, leadership there at the, at the point position for Notre Dame. Yeah. Good signs from Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. They, uh, they've they gone on stretches where they look fantastic, 
I mean, we talked, we touched on Atlantis, um, and they beat A and M and UConn. Like a, the A and M win is a pretty great win at this point in the mm-hmm. season. Yeah, but the A and M team that just what lost at Arkansas. Arkansas is a tough place to play. <laughs> okay. I mean, they they may they might not have the best record right now in the SEC, but it's a tough place to play. I'll I'll we'll leave it at that, I guess. All right, all right. We got to take a quick pause break and hear a word from our sponsor, and that would be Three Notched Brewery. The ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast is sponsored by Three Notched Brewing, named after a colonial era trail running through Central Virginia. Three Notched. Brewery develops innovative beers around bold characters that left their mark on American history. Characters like Thomas Jefferson, Jack Jewett, and Patrick Henry. Three-notched beers can be found at fine grocers everywhere and at their tasting rooms in Charlottesville and Harrisonburg, Virginia. Three-notched brewing. Leave your mark. And yeah, let's get back to it. Let's preview, guys. Beginning with Big Monday, which is tomorrow for us since we are taping on a Sunday. North Carolina... Traveling to the Yum Center. Quick turnaround for both teams. They were both in action on Saturday. Well, I don't know if they were both in action because North Carolina was hosting <laughs> Boston College. But Louisville was in action oh, against Virginia. That's harsh. I'm, I'm sorry. Did you see the spread for that game? Guthrie and I were talking about the spread for that game. What was it? It was 20, 25? Like 27, 28? Yeah. Yeah, 28. Absurd amount. Absurd number of points. Yeah, we're like we no, we can't pick Boston College even if there's 28 points involved. <laughs> they would have covered. Poor Boston College. I think, but... Poor Boston College. They're just they're just so bad. <laughs> they're just so bad. Yeah, I I do I do feel I I feel yeah me too. feel for them because it's everyone just, else is competitive. Even, yeah. even NC State recently has been competitive. Uh, Boston College now is just they just don't belong. I think we should just drop Boston College from our coverage and just start covering Maryland again. Uh, oh can, man! Uh, let's just let's just pretend the Maryland's still in the ACC. <laughs> hold, <laughs> hold up! Why, oh, why would you guys want to cover Maryland? I, boring, I love I, like Maryland. I love talking I, about I like Maryland. It. It's the most boring team out there. They just win the games they should win and lose the games um, they should. Like they're never going to get a big scalp on the road. I'm sorry, it's just not oh. happening. They beat Ohio like, State earlier. <laughs> wow! Hey, wow. Ohio State beat Kentucky. <laughs> Oh man, you're doing transitive property. And stuff. they lost to Virginia. That's a really quality. Kentucky's loss. gonna be like number twenty four tomorrow. So is that even a thing? No. Tomorrow. Back to North Carolina and Louisville. Mm-hmm. Carolina. Yeah, so are so they... I have this at a uh, Louisville favored by three points. Uh, Louisville's favored Car- by three? So so Ken- no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, North Carolina. Way, yeah, I was yeah. about to say. Even though it is I about to in call Louisville, my broker. But yeah. 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 It's it's North Carolina minus three. Uh, it's at the Yum Center. All right, I'll go case for Louisville, and then you guys go case for North Carolina deal? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Sounds good. Case for Louisville, this is tough. How many times do you see a quality team who has a good home court advantage and a very good coach get blown out twice in a row at home in the span of three days? Doesn't happen often. No. This is like I, cannot, the, I can't think of an example. This is the trickery bounce back game, and if I'm a North Carolina fan, I would much rather them have lost narrowly to Virginia or won that game as opposed to being blown out. That's the case for Louisville. It's true. Um, matchup wise, they can combat 
Bryce Johnson's offensive rebounding, I think, to a certain degree. I think they have some bodies who can get in there and get some boards, which could slow him down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they still have athletic perimeter defensive guys. I mean, Virginia didn't do that well offensively. I mean, they still have a great defense. Right. Those are the cases. Um, transition defense is where it gets really shaky for them. Uh, you guys talk about North Carolina, the case for them. Three-point favorites on the road. Well, you started off, Guthrie. Well, I, just the way that Bryce Johnson's been playing, uh, you, t- you, you, you talked about how the def- defensive rebounding for Louisville is going to be really important. They do rebound defensively pretty decently. They did a decent job against UVA. They're going to have to do much better against North Carolina, against Bryce Johnson. Uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be a, a different a different kind of ball game. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll also say that UNC um, in general does not turn the ball over. Uh, where, and I think that UVA shared that same quality in that they are very uh, very careful with the basketball. I think that will allow. Carolina to control the pace of the game, um, which which should once you take pace away from Louisville and once you keep the ball away from them on turnovers for easy baskets, I think I think you're able to uh, kind of work at that defense and really limit their offense, uh, which is as Guthrie I think pointed out two podcasts ago. Oh, they just kind of run down the paint and then they just throw it up against the backboard and then they just try to get an offensive rebound. There is no offense. You know, I remember yeah. he was pretty upset. Um, I, I was with him. I was upset. I mean, too. I, I, I don't it's think true, I'm wrong. Mike. I don't think I'm it's wrong. It's true. <laughs> like, did you watch? Did you watch? Watch the, the game when Damian Lee had the ball in his hands and he didn't know what to do. He would yeah, literally yeah. one of two things. He would like come off of a screen and shoot it like with a hand in his face and you know miss it because I don't think he hit a single one of those. Or he would. Drive in the lane and throw up a shot. And Paul Pierce hit like yeah, Matt or, Jones or and Quentin Snyder head bob. Yeah, he, he had a oh yeah, head yeah. Quentin Snyder on. did it too, and because like they they weren't getting the separation that they needed to take shots. Let's get back to North Carolina because yeah. we really talked about Louisville a lot in the open. But uh, what a schedule for this team. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what? Is, yeah, look who they played so far: Clemson at home, Georgia Tech at home, at Florida State, at Syracuse. Bayham's first game back, they weren't clicking yet. NC State at home, Wake at home, at Virginia Tech, BC. I mean, what a dream start. Yeah. What a dream schedule to start. Here's what they got to close. It's not that bad. They're at Louisville, at Notre Dame, at BC. I mean, they, they draw BC twice. Unbelievable. Pitt at home, Duke at home, Miami at home, NC State away, UVA away, Syracuse at home, and then at Duke. Yeah, that's a nice schedule for UNC this year. Yeah, it's, unbalanced it's scheduling is oh, the definitely. reason uh, this definitely. ACC. No, I, I'm not going to bring that up because I'm not. Well, up. I mean, ESPN is not going to bring it up either. So they certainly brought it up the year that UVA was leading the ACC. Yeah, unbalanced scheduling. Anyway, yeah, I would love to play BC <laughs> twice. I, I might even like to play Duke twice this year, and um, I'd certainly like to play NC State twice. I mean, they they arguably played the bottom two teams twice this year. I think NC State will finish penultimate. I do. I think Wake will find something here or there. I yeah, think so I have too. a question for you in, in regards to North Carolina. I mean, you have you have Isaiah Hicks, who is playing his way into a, some would say, a lottery position. 
uh, you know, for the upcoming draft with Kennedy Meeks on the bench. Since Meeks has come back, you know, I don't think the Hicks has reached double digits in points. Yeah. Um, you know, hasn't, hasn't played more than 19 minutes a game. Uh, what do you think that they need Hicks for the tournament to be successful? Going I mean, forward? I'd, I'd play him over, I'd put him in there over Meeks. And yeah. you guys are Dowie's strength team, so you can refute that. But when was North Carolina playing their best basketball? Let's let's take a look. Right. Um, yeah, I mean the, the, Florida, yeah. the Florida State game, right? Yeah, I thought I thought the Florida State game was the best game they played this year. I mean, well, they scored 106 points on the road, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Florida State just kind of stopped playing defense. I mean, they're still going to win the league, I think, but I think this team has at least two losses in them. Yeah, that Virginia game is going to be tough, and I think that I think that one of the Duke games will give them trouble. I actually, I I think that Duke will, will turn it around. Coach Gale will find a way. You know, if I've learned anything over the past month watching Syracuse, apparently Hall of Fame coaches matter. They do. Um, so, <laughs> so I like to think that Coach Gale will figure it out somehow, some way. Okay, other games to look ahead to. Uh, let's make a pick for that game. Um, I'm still taking North Carolina after all that. After giving the case for Louisville and talking a little bit of bad mojo on North Carolina scheduling, I still think they win this game by more than three. I think they cover. Get three? Yeah, absolutely, North Carolina. Yeah, I, I'm actually looking at it, and you know, according to Ken Palm, which is what we're using to try to predict this line. Did you have it right um, the first time? He actually has North Carolina losing. Hold on. Hold yeah, on. yeah. The, the line is out. The line is now out. It's... um. Louisville minus one. So it's Louisville minus one. They are the favorite. That's, wow. Okay. Yeah. So with that, I'm I'm starting to get my spidey sense. I'm starting to get my tingles. You know, this is this is how they go to Venetian. Okay. Oh I think this is I think this is a stay away. Yeah, it's 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 a tough game. Uh, I I would not bet on it. I would bet on maybe the over. Um, but I. I would have a hard time picking it, uh, but still, I'll stick on my principles. I'll pick. I'll be Louisville minus one. The over under is one fifty. You comfortable Ooh, with that? Nice. North Carolina has a pretty good defense. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they are they no slouch. I can see Louisville scoring like fifty-five points in this game. Yeah, yeah. My, UNC is going to live at the line. This game is going to take forever. Uh, they they're just going to attack the paint relentlessly. Um, they really need Matthewing back. I, I don't know who's you know, more valuable, Matthew Yang or Jefferson. I know everybody loves Jefferson, but uh, your boy Mahmoud Guthrie was, uh, you know, just mm, He had a bad day. Calm down. Yeah, a little less than Sailor. He had a bad day. I'll defend the Mahmoud. The difference Guthrie. is that Louisville kind of has depth in the front court where Duke does not. They don't have depth anywhere, really. So Louisville can kind of afford to not, like, Matthew, you know, the loss of Matthew is a big deal, but, you know, they have Mahmoud, they have Adele, they have uh, Spalding, you know, they have, they have yeah, other Spalding options. Yeah, I like, man. I, I really Jaylen, like him, too. Did he show up yesterday? He was, was Spalding un- on the court? Yeah, unfortunately for did Louisville, he, he, did he, make he, it? he, like, I don't, I don't know, he was just Was he in the dorm absent. room? Or, yeah. Okay, NC State is at Florida State. I'm, I'm still picking North Carolina, but I would not gamble on it. <laughs> and you guys are okay. picking North Carolina too, so yeah. NC State. Yeah, I'm picking Louisville. Okay, okay. all right, Mike, I like it. Yeah. The bounce back game. I think that's a good play. <laughs> NC State at Florida State. 
I guess I have to give NC State a little bit of credit for winning yesterday against a Miami team who looked like um, I I can't even I'm I'm blanking on analogies or metaphors for what Miami was doing. It was. I it think was it was uh, Weekend Attorneys, the '80s classic. I think. <laughs> who I think was high on that was, team? Uh, who was high? One of one oh, of the I, guards was high. I don't know which one. <laughs> oh yeah, one of them. Yeah. Was it Rodriguez? Was it McClellan? Like maybe McClellan because wasn't he guarding Cat? Yeah, he was. He was. And they 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 switched Angel Rodriguez off of him. Actually, uh, you know about. I don't know, 20, no, maybe 10 points into the game. We got the other 20 against McClellan, so. Yeah, the Cat Barber campaign for first team is one of the most laughable things I've seen in this league over the past 10 years. Ooh. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, volume shooter. Who's your first team ACC? He shooter? had a good day last not, uh, yesterday. He was 10 of 18, 10 of 10 from the line. Congratulations. But he still shoots. <laughs> Take a look at his, his splits right wow, now. Wow, yeah, that's... I mean, because um, no, I'm, you go ahead. I'm, I'll look. So it in the the games that I've watched, he has been the only reason NC State has been competitive. He, like, if if you t- if you strictly look at uh, first team ballots in terms of their value to their team, he is by far the most valuable player for his team in the ACC. Except yeah. for maybe you can make a case for like Eli Carter well, on Boston College from a pure point standpoint. I mean, not just points. Uh, he he he's okay, like he gets what four and a half assists, but he also has yeah. two and a half turnovers. That's not great. Um, what does he shoot like thirty three percent from three? Yeah, I mean he's not really known as a great shooter, but I'm putting that guy on the second team. Who's your first team starting point guard? Starting point guard. Yeah. <sighs> I have to get back to you on that one. Can I get back to you? It's still early. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's... I'm, I mean, I rewrite my first team every day, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> what are you going to say, Catherine? Oh, I mean, for, to me, it's it's 100% Cat Barber. Like, I, I, yeah. there's no way I could make a case for Marcus Page over... Anthony Barber right now. What if his team yeah. ends Mine up winning Grayson three Allen. games? I think Grayson Allen is the best point. Guard. What oh, if NC State God. wins three games and they were projected what sixth in the league and they win three games? Do you put that guy on the first team? His uh, team wins well, three I, games. I mean, what if his team wins three games when they were supposed to be six or seven or a tournament team? I see a first team. Yeah, I mean, it's when you frame it that way. It's. I, I don't know if they're going to win yeah, three games. All the other players on the team have checked out offensively. They just just sit around and wait to run back the other way. Yeah. So it it does it does present an interesting situation if that were to happen. A lot of it determined is determined by his play in the last whatever eleven games. Well, I'm going to take the Carlton Carlton Tudor um, approach. Um, tobacco Road fans will will know what I'm talking about when um, he's like, well. Um, I can't vote somebody first team if he doesn't finish in the uh, top down four or whatever. That's what happened with um, Mike uh, Scott. So uh, I'm going to yeah. take that approach with Cap Barber because his team is going to be the uh, penultimate or third to last team in the league. That seals that up. But uh, good job, NC State. Good win the other day yeah, against uh, yeah. a Miami and, team. And who's their high. game against Florida State coming up. I mean, this is actually my pick of the uh, pick of the week. I think actually looking at looking at my list here. I mean, I really like Florida State. I have a minus seven. At home against NC mm-hmm. State, I, I just think that NC State's going to get a few more points than they should. 
Um, I really like Florida State in this game. Big, big must-win games coming up here for Florida State. I think they turn it around. They have NC State this week, uh, you know, Monday and then Wake. Wake later. on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be a battle. I, I like Florida State minus seven here big time. I do too. Yeah, I do, I do too. And honestly, so I'm going to bring this up again because we've talked a, a lot about Florida State this this season. I still I still really like Florida State. And I think I said, you know, a few weeks ago, they might still finish, what did I say, top four? I think that might be unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. But they can easily finish top eight. They're, what, four and five in the ACC right now? They've played, um, they played a yes, they've pretty... Yes, five games. Yeah. They played a relatively difficult schedule, I would say. It's not certainly not the toughest schedule, but... Clemson away, North Carolina home, Miami away, NC State away, Virginia home, Louisville, Pitt, BC, and Clemson. I don't. I don't know. They yeah, have. They beat, they beat a very good Clemson team at home. Yeah, um, no, that's a, that's a great know, win. Saturday, and they beat, beat them pretty a, soundly. They beat a good Virginia team at home. Yeah. So, who finishes top four? Let's just go there. North Carolina, check. Yeah, North Carolina. I think everyone. I still think Louisville finishes top four. Mm. I think Virginia finishes top four. Yes, I would agree with that. The last team. Well, I don't. I don't Ooh. think. Okay. What? So why don't you do your top four? Okay. Because I I don't necessarily agree with Louisville top four. Okay. Um. Right, so what's yours, Liz? Let's look. Uh, I'm going to stick with Louisville. Um. I'm looking at their schedule, dumbest stretch, and I think they'll find a way. Okay. I, I want to say Syracuse, but they they've got a tough schedule down the stretch too. So, mm, I'm I'm gonna go with um. I'll go with Miami. I don't Ooh. feel good about it. I don't feel good about that, but I'll do it. Okay. If they can go, sober up. I'll go um, Louisville, UNC, UVA, and then I'll throw my my Pitt Panthers in there. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. I can't believe you put Virginia in there. You hate Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> to balance out a, Guthrie. Yeah. Big but they, they win the big games, man. They can't seem to beat anyone else in the ACC, but they can win the big ones. All right, Guthrie. Yeah. Well, North Carolina, at this point, they're looking like the favorites to win the ACC. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, that's a no-brainer. I think two and three, it's going to be Virginia-Miami. Somewhere, somewhere like that. Uh, maybe one of those teams... Falls to fourth. I don't know. And honestly, uh, Louisville could finish top four. I, I think that's that's a distinct possibility. But I like but. I like Notre Dame. Okay, so I like Notre Dame. So you're going four. Notre Dame, North Carolina, Virginia, and Miami. So you're on Miami with me. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm. I I love Miami. I think Miami's great. Mm. And they did, did just lose. The, yes, you, I, I watched. I watched with your roommate, and it was it was an ugly game. That's that that's good enough for for a preview. Let's let's make a couple more picks, and then we'll talk about our gambling weekend, which almost was a complete disaster. But uh, we got saved. <laughs> it was a complete we got disaster saved by a miracle late night at Fog. Yeah. Um, oh, you did. You got saved. Oh my. Oh, oh we'll, we'll get into yeah. that. Uh, Virginia yeah, Tech yeah. at Syracuse. Uh, I think I think this is a no brainer. I think Syracuse wins this one. I'd yeah, say I by think double it's going to be a 10-point spread, though. I think if you're getting double digits for Syracuse at home, I actually like Virginia Tech 
if you're getting double digits for Syracuse. I don't know. Virginia Tech's, what's the score of the pick game right now? Are they done by 25 yet? <laughs> Clemson, Wake, oh, gosh. I'm not watching this game. I'm sorry. You can say I'm not devoted to the podcast, but I just can't do it. Yeah, they, they're calling it as a pick em. Um, You know, I think kind of a trap game here for Clemson, but I still like them. Wake Forest is reeling. Can't seem to beat anyone right now, uh, much to Guthrie's okay. chagrin. I'm sure I, I like yeah, the Wake man. team. This is unbelievably difficult. 9 o'clock Tuesday, Duke at Georgia Tech. What do you do in this game? I throw my hands up in the air. I, I have no idea. Duke's coming off. They'll be on, what, eight days of rest or seven days of rest. They've had a week off. Georgia Tech is at home where they play better. They have guys who can rebound. They're going to just dominate the boards. Mm-hmm. I, I I, mean, is a rested Duke going to win this game? Wow. Game of the night. Yeah, that's, I think it's going to be a good one. We have So Ken Palm has Duke winning by one point. I don't know. The line's probably going to come out sometime tomorrow. It's a Tuesday night game. Maybe Tuesday. Yeah, maybe it'll be Duke minus two, minus three. You know what? I'm taking Georgia um, but, Tech. I'm taking Georgia Tech. Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I think that Georgia Hunt, Adam Smith, Charles Mitchell, I mean, I think that, that trio is as good as anyone in the ACC. I mean, I say that within the second tier of the ACC. There's, there are different ACCs to play. but The fans um, will be fired up because yeah. it's Duke, and I know Georgia yeah. Tech doesn't have, like, you the know, best fans, but they'll show up. You know who's been playing really well for Georgia Tech? Nick Jacobs. He played really well against Virginia, and mm-hmm. he's had he's had some really nice games since then. And nice. I I I mean, he's got a, like a really interesting skill set and a nice little left hand jump hook. I don't know if Plumlee's gonna be able to deal with him. Okay, we will tweet these picks out. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Not I, like very, that. I like that Georgia Tech pick. Not, I like yeah, there's not a lot of tasty games, though, tomorrow and Tuesday. I don't uh, really feel good Wednesday, about... Wednesday, the, there's one succulent game. Notre Dame <laughs> at Miami. Yeah. We're all taking Miami? Miami's minus eight. I mean, that's at least what we have them at right now. Um, no, I don't feel good. About, I don't think that's tasty. Where, where would you take them? Where would you take them for it to be a good game for you? Six, five. Five. Okay. Take it at five. Notre Dame is is terrible defensively. Now that's not to say that you know a terrible defense makes you into a good offense. Yeah, but Notre, Notre Dame, Dame is the ultimate backdoor cover team. That team can that team reeks of backdoor covering. Yeah. Oh yeah. Reeks garbage time. Garbage time. Like threes. Demetrius Jackson just dribbles up top of the key. You know, makes a couple. Um, yeah. I don't know if I like Never. anything to the, um, the next two days. Except Florida State hosting NC State. I'll, I'll take that one. If, uh, okay. if Florida State's favored by five, I'm absolutely taking yeah. it. Okay. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, let's talk about gambling real quick and how um, yesterday was quite a ride for us. Mike, we, we woke up. Guthrie came <laughs> over. Somehow I got talked in, or I made a, a dumb decision to take West Virginia against Florida. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. Um, oh, in the first no. half. Yeah. Turned out to be a disaster. And then we were like, okay, we can just win our money back because Oklahoma is only three-point favorites at LSU. Uh, that turned out to be a devastating crunch time loss. Yes. 
because we were rooting for that game to go to overtime and it didn't. Yeah. And then finally, right, right. our boy, our boy Isaiah Cousins couldn't help himself. He yeah. loves he loves the mid range J. <laughs> and then LSU, when I saw them go to the rim, I was like, yes, this could happen. And then it got swatted away. Finally, right. Kansas, Kentucky, Taylor's Kentucky Wildcats really put up a fight. Oh, they played great. I yeah, they, they played. They're they up played by one, and thank God Perry Ellis went to the line. Because we had to root for him to make one of two, and he made one of two, and he made this. He made the second one, which was just perfect. Because if he makes the first one, and uh, he misses, there's a chance for an offensive rebound. Anyway, that game went to overtime. It was a miracle finish, and um, Guthrie and I actually turned out. Not I mean, terrible. and what was the spread yeah. on that? That was a five and a half. Is that right? Uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I got it at five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whenever I got it at five as well. It's just. You'd never hear anyone cover in five and a half in an overtime period. I mean, that's that's insane. You know, I think well, the final score was they won by eight. I think something like that. Um, yeah, that was that was a big uh, big hit there for Vegas. I don't think a lot of people had Kentucky being able to cover that spread. Um, so you know, big win for you guys. You know, you know what for the, Kansas. You know what the head scratcher watching that game was, looking down yeah. at the bottom. Right corner and seeing a four next to Kansas's name. <laughs> <laughs> and a 20 next to Kentucky. Like, really? <laughs> is Kansas really number four? Hey, that's is that team, team number four? Uh, I, I, I really like Kansas. I, I think, I mean, it's tough to win on the road in any league. They but do so many is... stupid things. That team does <sighs> a myriad of just stupid things on the basketball court. Uh, they don't. Little, they don't block you see the out. James Naismith fan that they had, though. I mean, that's inspiring. That's a, <laughs> you can't coach that. You know, that little man in his little suit. You know, that was great. That was a great moment. I mean, I was look, man. I was just happy for college basketball yesterday. To be honest with you, yeah. you opened with West Virginia, Florida. Um, you had a great Iowa State, Texas A and M game at two. Then you got hit with Oklahoma, LSU, and then you got to finish with UK, Kansas. I mean, are you trying to I, forget the Louisville Virginia game? You're just trying to yeah, block that out. Yeah, the Virginia game just kind of sprinkled in there, right? <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> that wasn't even much of a game, though. That was more like a, you know, there's, there were eight minutes of that game that were interesting. That game was the worst nightmare for a college basketball fan. <laughs> the rest of it, though, uh, you know, it's just, I really enjoyed the Big 12 SEC, you know, challenge. Yeah, me Whatever too. you want to call it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great day for college basketball. Yeah. It is interesting. It's in the middle of conference season. But yeah. it is kind of it is kind of cool that like these, you know, teams from different parts of the country just like randomly play in yeah. end of January. All right, we got to go, guys. Yeah. Michael, um, hold down the fort up there. Taylor, if you're listening to this in the hospital, uh, we love you. And uh, yes, hopefully, I, I, is it a boy or a girl? Do we know yet? Uh, um, it's a boy. Yeah, it's a boy. yeah. And they haven't. Oh, that's they, bad news. Is it bad news? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, the weight of expectation will be strong on that child. Uh, just, <laughs> Let me tell you, Taylor's going to have that kid posted on on the low block. Uh, He's going to be like taking yeah. them to the track, though, or you know, <laughs> yeah, that kid's going to be able to read a line before I was able to read a book. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cheers to Taylor and Morgan. Congratulations. Uh, we'll get him back whenever he can. Probably over the phone next time. But Mike. Uh. Thank you for being an MVP over there for the yeah. family. And um, you can check us out online. Uh, check us out on Twitter. 
we need some more Twitter followers. So refer us to somebody. We're fun. Um, we don't really like to get in big arguments, but you can slam us if you want, as long as you're following us. At ACC B-Ball DGENs. Check us out there. Please subscribe if you haven't to the podcast. It'll be a, a big help. And we are brought to you by Three Notch Brewery. Leave your mark. And uh, you can email us as well. And, and it's accbballdgens at gmail.com. All right, guys. I think that's it. Um, yeah. right, good boys. job on the shorthanded podcast. We'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week in studio. Yeah. Mike Jaffe. Thanks, thanks, Mike. Guthrie Alexander, Luke Neer, signing off. See you guys.